Fit and Fat by Andrew Steyer. Elaine Harrison exits a gym after going through two hours worth of cardio exercises. She's doing the same routine for the last three years, three days a week, after a doctor told her she was diagnosed with high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Elaine eats a healthy, balanced diet, heavy on fish, fresh fruit, and leafy greens. That doesn't mean she doesn't indulge every now and then, but the fact is, Elaine has great eating habits. And if you saw her on the street, you'd think she's fat. It doesn't matter how much I work out, because I work out a ton, Harrison says. I will always be a big girl, so I've given up on looking like a supermodel, and just want to be healthy, so I can be around to watch my kids grow up. Harrison brings up an interesting question. Why do we focus on how fat a person should look? And is that what matters the most? Our culture seems obsessed with only certain images of fitness. Well-toned, slender hips, narrow shoulders, lean bodies, lean legs. For those with wide hips, broad shoulders, and meaty thighs, it's simply impossible to achieve that look. Our perception of fitness shouldn't be one-size-fits-all. Our preconceived notions could also come from another source, the body mass index. First introduced in 1972, BMI uses a formula based on a person's height and weight to determine body fat percentage, and whether he or she is normal, overweight, or obese. By all accounts, Harrison, a self-proclaimed gym rat, would rank on the obese BMI. Does that make any sense? The fitness world is in the middle of a sea change, says Michelle Badillo, a certified nutritionist. Welcome to The Bold Talk, the podcast where we get naked and discuss the bold type. I am Jeremy Rodriguez. And I'm Sam Saff. This week we are discussing Season 2, Episode 3, The Scarlet Letter. This is the one where Sutton is compromised in her search to hire a photographer. Jane interviews a handsome doctor for a new article, and Cleo puts Jacqueline on the defensive at Scarlet. The episode was written by Celine Gager and directed by Jamie Travis. What'd you think of this episode? Um, Team Sutton. Woo-woo! Oh, always Team Sutton. <laughs> Except, I, I mean, I understand, where, I understand where Dina was coming from, too, and everything, so... But... I don't know, as, like, a leader who has been in, like, situations like that, I am more inclined to agree with Sutton a little bit. You mean the fact that Adina didn't even ask and was like, just let me show you? Yeah, exactly. I do, but I do appreciate Adina's boldness and saying, like, oh, like, you know, I have this better idea. But at the same time, I like that Sutton ended up meeting her in the middle and saying, like, you know what, this doesn't work either. Yeah. I guess that's a great transition. I guess we should talk about Sutton first, <laughs> since that's what we immediately jumped to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, I liked the part with Mitzi. I thought it was kind of fun. Oh, I love that. You see Sutton, I'm putting some breath freshener in, and then Mitzi looks at her, and then she's like, for all the make it out I'm going to be doing later with the Men of Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> Mitzi's like, how long is this going to go on? And Sutton's like, I don't know, Mitz. It's been fun. And, you know, I even noticed, like, throughout the episode that they're kind of, they're fine working together, too. <laughs> like, like this yeah, little... I think it's all water under the bridge. Yeah, now. exactly. So I kind of like that there was, like, it's a very subtle resolution. It's not like we have this big moment where they said, like, oh, now they're friends. They're just, like, together and they're working and they're, like, saying, like, oh, everything's fine now. They're, like, coexisting. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's even a, I don't know if you saw, like, later on, too, when Sutton was, like, organizing a photo shoot. I, I forget what she said to Mitzi, but... She tells Mitzi to do something, Mitzi's like, copy that, and then she just walks away. Like, there's just, it's such a passing moment that I thought that just said enough. Like, oh, they respect each other. Like, Mitzi respected yeah. Sutton's authority and was just able to 
say, okay, you know what? This girl's the boss. I respect her. Yeah, well, I'm happy about Mitzi and all that, but what did you think about the way Kat asked Sutton? Like, how do you think Sutton handled that whole thing with Adina? Uh, I mean, in general, or? Like, I, I don't know necessarily, like, off the top of my head, like, everything that happens in, in those interactions, but I know that when Kat asks Sutton to consider Adina, I felt like Sutton was super awesome and being like, um, <laughs> you're making this kind of tough for me. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? pretty much like what Kat ended up doing was putting Sutton in an awkward place because it had to do with her visa and things like right. that. And that kind of puts Sutton in an awkward place. Like, well, it's great. Now I'm being evil because... I'm not helping a friends out right now because like she really was like looking for a photographer based on like their talents and their skills, but now she feels a little bit pressured. I feel like yeah, and this is also her um first like big project that Oliver has given her like, yeah as lead on, and so she doesn't want to mess it up <laughs> right. <laughs> and exactly. so I, I mean you know obviously Adina has talent and we've all seen her work and everything, and like you know they were gonna do a feature on her as cat points out but i think cat should have came at her more so like i'm kind of (laughs) desperate because i feel like the way she did it she made her seem like yeah you have to do this but really she's just a great photographer you know what i mean like she like beat it around the bush yeah exactly because then it forced sutton to be like well now you're putting me in a weird place right yeah i kind of feel like if cat needed to get adina work she should have just blanket statement been like yeah you know i'm trying to get adina to get some work so if you know of any opportunities you know i hope you'll consider her as opposed to like the way she approached it which i thought was kind of like a little bit aggressive yeah exactly (laughs) and the payoff that we ultimately get with this too because as we know sutton eventually chooses adina like why did she ultimately choose adina was because that pep talk with jacqueline which i do want to talk about but let's just continue this tangent right here like how did that pop talk with jacqueline ends up making her decide on adina well i think i feel like it was it was more so the idea of adina being a risk and i think jacqueline kind of inspired her to be like yeah if you take a risk like it paid off for me so you know could pay off for you too but did jacqueline really take a risk (laughs) yeah not in the same way (laughs) yeah because because at the end of the day like jacqueline was and i'm not trying to say jacqueline's not talented because of course oh my god jacqueline carlisle she's amazing but like she was in the right place at the right time okay i guess we should explain like what happened there as far as that's concerned so um jacqueline basically tells sutton how she got an internship at scarlet she was sitting in a coffee shop and then adele ritter who was scarlet's original editor she sat down in front of Jacqueline, and in a very good British accent, I must say, for Jacqueline, she says, Yeah, oh. that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to recreate it, but she says, Oh my god, every time I see you, you're just writing like there's no tomorrow. I just know what story it is you're determined to tell. And then eventually, Jacqueline ends up showing that article to the editor of Scarlet, and then that's how she ends up getting an internship. Yeah, it's definitely not the same thing. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, why did that make Sutton decide? <laughs> but I think I think Sutton was coming from a place of, like, I really do want to help Adina because I care so much about Kat. And, like, obviously, I don't want her girlfriend to be sent away. So I would love to help her out. <laughs> but I also need to make sure it's the right career choice for me. And I guess going to Jacqueline was the validation she needed because, you know, Jacqueline is an authority figure within her career yeah so 
at the end of the day, though, Sutton already had doubts about Adina, though. She was saying, like, oh, like, she's kind of off-brand for Scarlet, etc., etc. And it was um, Jacqueline's story about Adele Ritter picking her for an internship that ultimately inspired Sutton. But, I don't know, like, Adele Ritter wasn't really, like, taking a risk by hiring Jacqueline as an intern. Because, you know, obviously Adele already had, like, you know, she already had positive thoughts about Jacqueline. Sutton did not have positive thoughts, so it just, I don't know, I just didn't really buy, like, the parallels between the two situations, really. Yeah. I didn't, like, actively think about it while I was watching, but now that you said it. I didn't think about it either, honestly, until you and I started talking about it. So, it's just amazing what comes out of these conversations sometimes. We're we're just creating material as we go. (laughs) It's like, gosh, I wasn't even expecting to talk, like, in-depth about this. Like okay, guys, we're just we're winging this. We're going on the, these random tangents that sound very good. Yeah, it's so. okay though. Um, one negative <laughs> thing I have to talk about though, when um when Cat approaches Sutton with um Adina's portfolio and everything like that, what is up with that turtleneck that Sutton is wearing? What? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> you thought the same thing. It's like this like, elastic neckline. Like it was like the striped outfit. It was you know it was a cute outfit. Like nonetheless, but like the neck, I was just like what. Because every time she talked, you can yeah. see the collar move. Yeah, Jonathan and I were like, how... They were like, you can only wear that shirt once because you're never going to be able to iron it again <laughs> to look like that. It looked like um, like those flowers. You know what I'm talking about? Those those like bell-looking flowers. Oh my god, I don't the, know. The bell-looking It's ridiculous. Flowers? She kind of looks a little like... I don't know. It's like cute because it's Sutton who's wearing it, but if yeah. anybody else was wearing it, I would be like, no. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a, I don't know, it looks like a tur- literally, I was about to say she looks like a turtle. Well, it is a turtle now, so it makes sense. But she literally looks like a turtle. Like, I'm just struggling to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm stuck. <laughs> I know, I, I normally I like to be, like, really empowered to, like, some of the fashion choices on this show, but, like, when an outfit is bad, I just have to point it out. So, I apologize. Okay, it looks like the tube flowers. Google <laughs> red tube flower. Oh, I'd never heard of that before. This is what she reminds me of. <laughs> okay, I just Googled it. Yeah, yeah you're I, right. It's just weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's not bad. Like, I don't even really hate it. I'm just like, I don't understand, like, where that came from. I get maybe they were inspired by the flower. Maybe. But honestly, though, if you like wearing outfits like that, you wear that with your bad self and you own it. Because, I mean, something looks adorable and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you. Yeah, totally. For the record. But it is funny. I'm happy you pointed it out, because Jonathan and I were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, it's it's actually backtrack, front track? I don't really know. When Jacqueline was talking about, or yeah, when Jacqueline was mimicking the British accent of her former boss, I wonder if that was supposed to be an homage to Joanna Coles, who is the executive producer of the show, the former editor of Cosmopolitan, who this is based on, who was also British. Probably. That's a good idea. That's a good thought. I just thought that was cute. Well, I guess going back to Sutton, how do you feel about Adina essentially taking over Sutton's set? (laughs) (sighs) I feel like I understand Adina wants to be a little bit creative and whatnot, but, you know, as Sutton ends up figuring out, she was ultimately right that the idea for the photo shoot wasn't really working by putting jewelry in front of candy or whatever the hell they were trying to do. But, um... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Adina realized, like, hey, you're just, you're sort of just hired here to 
do this job. You're not hired here to do anything really outlandish or anything crazy. Or uh, Sutton says you're not here to do protest art. I don't know. I, I, I think Gunzino you know, is definitely trying to be a little bit too artsy with it. Yeah, well, I think that Adina was kind of just trying to find her voice in it when yeah. really she was just hired to do a task. You know, like, just take the pictures. <laughs> exactly. And um, I thought it was awesome, though, that when um, Sutton and Kat talk about it and, like, obviously Adina overhears and ends up just, like, nixing her photo shoot altogether and just going back to the original plan, I felt like she was so great when she apologized to sutton <laughs> yes i love that too and i feel like if this was any other type of show a character in adina's position would have been like oh well fuck you i'm gonna leave and then quit and that would be this whole dramatic thing about like how sutton apologizes for talking about her behind her back and all that stuff but yeah okay yeah sutton was talking about adina behind her back quote unquote but she was also right what she was saying <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she was trying to tread lightly, too, so. Exactly. So I'm glad the approach that the writers ended up taking with this whole thing. Yeah, the only thing I thought was a little weird was, like, in the initial rea- um, interaction with Kat and Sutton, I felt like it kind of made Sutton look like the bad guy a little. Even though I don't think Sutton was wrong for being like, well, you know, I need to go with whoever's best or most qualified for this project or whatever. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, they, you know, they end up turning around and made her look like not so much of a bad guy. Yeah. Well, I don't think Sutton was a bad guy. That's why I was kind of upset about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that was the initial approach they took. Yeah, you're right. I think that is the initial approach they took. But at the end of the day, I think both Sutton and Adina realized, like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong, too. Yeah. That's all. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like yeah, yeah, and I also kind of feel like Cat got away with like everything that she did in this because Sutton is such a good person and was just so nice and was like willing to apologize to Cat and like all these things. Like she was just willing to like own up to her end of it as she pretty much always is, and I feel like Cat is not. So I thought it was kind of lame at the end. I was like, Cat got away with it. Like nobody really got mad at Cat at all. But I felt like what Kat did was kind of wrong, you know? I feel like it was a big ask. Yeah, I got you, though. Yeah, okay. That's just a side <laughs> note. I just wanted to throw that in that, like, you know, I, I still, lo- I mean, I love Kat, but I do think Kat's a pain in the butt. And uh, I think this is an example of that. Yes, but don't you agree, though, that Adina was the one who ultimately schooled Kat at the end of the day? I think Adina always does. <laughs> so Adina heard Kat and Sutton fight, and then... Adina says, you're happiest when your friends are, too, and I love that about you. She says, don't let me come between you and them. And I thought that was just, like, the perfect way to just show, Kat's like, yeah, you're right, like, I shouldn't, you shouldn't be the cause of this whole thing, so. I like, I feel like Adina schooled her a little bit, but I feel like there could have been a little bit more between Sutton and Kat to be had. Because didn't they have a conversation? Obviously, I don't even remember it. What? You don't remember what? I don't even remember that any conversation between Sutton and Kat happening, where, like, Kat realized, like, oh, I was wrong, so I pressure you into this, yeah, et cetera, the, et cetera. Like, I think Kat ultimately did learn, like, what she did wrong in this situation, but I do think that she owed a little more to Sutton, because she put Sutton in a weird place, and she made Sutton, like, have to do 
something without having to do it, you know? Right. I don't know. I love Kat because I think Kat's like a real person and like her personality is very like real to me. But I just uh, thought that was a little much for her because then she tried to defend. um, She tried to defend Adina when Sutton was like telling her, you know, Adina's not listening to me. And Kat just like wouldn't hear Sutton on that. And I was kind of just like, what do you mean? Like Kat Sutton's your friend too. Like you need to, I don't know. I felt like she was so desperate that she lost sight of what she was doing to Sutton by asking her that. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't even have anything to add as part of a debate. <laughs> Just, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, this is boring. We're agreeing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took us, you know, it took us a few episodes, but <laughs> it was oh, it was bound Lord. to happen once. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to happen once or twice. Like, I guess we can't agree with each other. <laughs> But the storyline ends with Sutton and Adina realizing that, oh, this candy concept really isn't working. Let's try something else. Let's have real women with real flaws. Let's get naked. And then they all get naked. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, they all get naked. And I just, I thought it was, like, so beautiful that, like, you know, um, it was Jane Cat and Sutton who all got naked. And, you know, they have freckles. They have moles. Like, one of them had a scar on their knee that I noticed. I was like, that was just great that they were just embracing yeah. every second of that. And also, I love that Adina got naked and they blurred her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I was just like she was like I'm, I'm making my models comfortable. I'm like, okay, girl, you do you. I have heard a lot of models who do, or a lot of photographers who do that though. Oh yeah, I'm not yeah. that familiar, but that makes sense. Or like filmmakers or people who do that, just to like you know, just to maintain a sense of comfort and whatnot. So I, I like that. I just thought it was like funny that they actually had her get naked and they blurred her out, which I thought was a little bit more authentic because obviously they can't show a naked body on free form because it's not right. It's, you know, it's regular, basic network television or, like, whatever. I don't even know the difference between, like, basic or network, whatever. But you get what I mean. Right. It was all that because, yeah, they couldn't show these naked bodies, but at the same time, it just shows, like, oh, hi, like, they're naked. Nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, they kind of did that in the uh, in the first season, too, right? With Jane, um, when they were in the park, and all three of them take their shirts off. Well, I mean, yeah, they put the bold-type logo over their boobs, yeah. Yeah, but they were definitely shirtless. Yeah, they were. Right? But, but like, I thought it was... Okay. Because obviously it was, like, strategic by them putting the logo over their boobs. That was obviously a strategic yeah. move. But this time they actually said, like, oh, let's actually get her naked. Yeah, that's true. And let's just blur it out. I think that's the first... I think that's the first time I ever really saw something like that on a regular television series. The only other TV show I saw it happen was um, Katie Stevens used to be on another show called Faking It, which is delightful, by the way. Okay. And they used to do stuff like that, so where like people would get naked and blur it out and whatnot. So I, I just think that's just like an interesting way to convey that. It's definitely more authentic. Yes. So would you like to talk about Jacqueline? Oh yeah, getting back into writing. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. And so her storyline basically starts off with her rebelling against Cleo Williams, the fucking board member. Can't stand her, but um. Cleo Williams suggests to cut the piece on being fit and fat because we also want to promote health. And then Jacqueline gives her a bottle and says, there's no correlation between being fit and fat. It's about, she talks about body positivity. It's about self-love, self-acceptance. 
which is very, very healthy. And as you heard in my dramatic reading, that piece called Fit and Fat, which was being pulled, that was actually the article that was going to run. Because, you know me, I'm obsessed with screen capping, so of course I zoomed in and read that whole article. (laughs) (laughs) So committed. But, you know, as you heard even in that essay, though, that Clay Williams is obviously very misinformed. This whole entire piece was just about how there's some women, some not even some women, just some people in general, who they can work out a ton, they can eat healthy, but they can still be considered obese. So, you know, the fact that people are saying, like, oh, you're, you know, oh, you're not fit. It's kind of a problematic view to have, essentially, because she is healthy, but some people may say that she's not just because of how she looks, essentially. So I just thought that was cool. Yeah. As we discussed earlier, she gives Sutton that pep talk, and then Sutton says, I know you're really busy, but why don't you write anymore? And then Jacqueline says, I don't really know. And then she just starts to write, and then she writes the Scarlet Letter, which I loved that play on words. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i know you love the scarlet letter do you want to like briefly explain in like two sentences what the scarlet letter is about the scarlet letter is about hester prin who's a um, young lady who gets pregnant out of wedlock and because of that has to wear the letter a the scarlet letter a on her um on her clothing for the rest of her life to indicate that she was uh, she committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the A, quote-unquote, stands for. But there's lots of different, you know, as I learned in my high school English classes, there's lots of ways to interpret that A. That A could be could mean angel. It could mean a bunch of different things. But at the end of the day, she wears that A as a source of pride. That's ultimately, like, what we get from the story. And I thought that was very interesting for Jacqueline to call the editorial the Scarlet Letter. Because it was just showing, like, hey, this is a source of shame right here, but you know what? Like, let's own it, and let's embrace it a little bit, which I feel like worked for the body positivity theme of this episode, and not only that, but Jacqueline's talent as well. Like, Jacqueline should be unleashing her talent onto the world. Yeah, it always comes full circle. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I really wish that you could read the whole entire thing of Jacqueline's article, yeah. but <laughs> but it's so small. I know, right? Let us read her writing! So if there's anybody who, like, works for the bold type behind the scenes or anything like that, you have a copy of that article, please send it to us. I would really love to read it. I would love to read the Scarlet Letter. But the only thing I could make out was the pull quote, which is, this is an issue that needs to rise above our preconceived notions of what, quote-unquote, fit should look like. So, I like that. Oh, also, when she's actually sitting down to write the article, the lyrics to that song that's playing in the background just says, I don't belong to you, which is very fitting. Yeah, it's a little symbolic. I mean, at this point, Cleo's using uh, Jacqueline pretty much as like a pawn to get whatever she wants in the magazine to get in there. And also, too, did you notice that, yeah, she was coming from the perspective like, oh, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't be promoting being fat because, you know, we should be promoting health, too. And then she says specifically, the men on the board agree. Yeah. Which just makes me think that... Clea was picked for this board position because she was, like, reflecting some of the views of the men and some of the views of the patriarchy, because women can also be patriarchal, too. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be the one to say that, but can you agree with me on that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at, like, the people in Trump's corner, (laughs) it's a prime example. Yeah. So it's not always just, like, you know, this thing, like, the men are evil and everything like that. It's a patriarchal system that's... That Yeah, that started by male power dynamics. And I feel like she was definitely part of that, too. 
she says, oh, the men on the board agree. Because she felt the need to point that out, that the men on the board agree. Granted, I know she's the only woman on the board, but she had to specifically point out that it's the men who agree. And Jacqueline's yeah. like, why should I care? <laughs> I'm definitely, like, curious how um, Jackie and Cleo's beef is going to play out, because <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to get interesting. That's an interesting hot take. Cleo is, like, ugh, she's very irritating. Did you say that's an interesting hot take? Is that what you just said? I did say that. I did say that earlier. Ooh, that means I'm onto something. Or you're not. Yeah, you're right. We've, that, that could mean <laughs> as I'm we've not. been through this before. <laughs> All right, whatever. It still gets me excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you have an opinion, and that opinion is something I am listening to. Okay. All right. <laughs> but so I essentially, love- you're saying nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> But ultimately, Jacqueline tells Cleo, she says, I should thank you. She says, I was trying to figure out the best thing to replace the fit and fat story. And I realized that I had some experiences I wanted to share. I had not written for a long time. And getting back to it was invigorating. Turns out I still have a lot to say. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, Jacqueline, go girl. Yeah, preach. And I also think that, like, we can all kind of relate to, like, not sticking to your passion when you get caught up in, like, your career. You know, um, like now that she doesn't have to write, like writing has kind of moved back. But really, like her voice is important. And um, having like an older woman's perspective who's been through all of these like changes in society um, is necessary. And I think she's going to be able to use that to kind of push back at Cleo and hopefully end up getting to make some more executive decisions at Scarlet and not having to listen to frigging Cleo. absolutely she's just so irritating i want Jacqueline to just be on the board when richard approached her to join the board (laughs) yeah i was like come on i was like yes you gotta do it because i feel like she would ultimately have more power at the end of the day i know she loves scarlet that's great and uh but we need people like her to be leaders of the world right dang it Jacqueline. (laughs) so i mean we'll see what happens eventually but i'm very excited to see what happens uh yeah i i have a feeling that board conversation is gonna happen again pretty much and so <laughs> also did we see richard at all this episode we did not it was our first richardless episode that's why we're agreeing on things this episode <laughs> <laughs> that is why that's that's so funny that, that, i'm sure that that has something to do with this because <laughs> <laughs> we just don't see richard because richard is like a permanent disagreement for us <laughs> <laughs> whatever so that's it. Jacqueline rocks. That's the end of that story. Let's talk about Jane now. <laughs> All right. You you should start off, Jane. I should? <laughs> well, I just think you should because I think Jane's kind of annoying in this episode. <laughs> How so? Now you should start this off because now I'm curious. Okay. All right. So, well, let me just say the beginning of the episode and pretty much the theme of Jane's episode or her role in it, is her looking for a new job after being fired from Insight. And she spends all this time, you know, calling places and pretty much realizing that she's kind of known now as a <laughs> kind of a joke. I yeah, mean, unfortunately. You know, even right? though she was... Like, keep going, I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, and she also went on, went on air publicly on the news as a writer of insight and pretty much bashed insight so i mean looking for future employers like that's not something that a future employer would want in their employee either so she's becoming a little less desirable i should say through no real fault of her own but 
nonetheless. Um, I did like her pushiness, though, when she goes to that job interview and the guy realizes who she is and is like, oh, no, like, I don't think you'd be a good fit. And she's like, well, what about freelance? Mm -hmm. What are you working on? Like, and just like kind of jumps in. I really liked that aspect of it. But um, ultimately, I just think Jane has has a lot of growing up to do, as Jacqueline tells her at the end. But we will get to that. Yeah, we will. Okay, I think we're going to have to get to our first disagreement, actually. But (laughs) we're not there yet. You said we're agreeing or no? We're about to get to our first disagreements, I think. Oh, okay, okay. All right, we'll go ahead. We'll get get there eventually. So, Jane ends up asking Sutton for Dr. Ben Chow's contact info, because she's writing that piece for that publication. About, like, the new faces of healthcare or... Yeah, the new faces of healthcare, like, after Obamacare. I, th- I forget the exact, like, quotes of that, but what exactly it means. But anyway, um, but she ends up interviewing Dr. Ben. And this is honestly why I think the Dr. Ben that we saw in episode two of this season wasn't the Dr. Ben that we ultimately ended up getting through the rest of the season. Oh, so you mean personality-wise? Yeah, exactly. Because as we saw, like, you know, the Dr. Ben that we see in this episode, it seems to be very confident. Like, he's dancing in front of that woman who's, like, trying to deliver a baby and everything. Like, it, you know, it was cute. It was adorable. I loved that scene. I thought it was so much fun. But it was just a complete contrast to what we saw in the last episode. Like, oh, God, he can't even smile in front of a camera. So I, I agree. My only, like, possible counter argument is that he's in his own environment when he's in the hospital's. So he does feel a little more confident. Just in general, I think that that's true for most people. That makes sense. But he does seem, like, way too anxious at the photo shoot to, like, not be that way a little bit all the time. Yeah, that's why I really just think that they cast him for that one, that previous episode, and then they just said, like, we like this guy. We like this actor. Let's keep him around. We work well with him. He seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. That's what I think ended up happening. (laughs) I agree, and honestly, I sort of looked at um, Dr. Ben as a new character in this episode. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that he had already been on the show. Right. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I could be completely wrong in this, too, and Luca James Lee, that's the actor who plays Ben, like, you know, if he wants to prove me wrong by coming on the show and letting us talk to him, then feel free, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally, it's- come on. It's all that. I'm just going to stick with my views. I got to say that Luca James Lee, he's hilarious on Instagram now because he barely ever posts. Like, when he made the. I'm actually going to print it out because I just thought it was that funny. <laughs> <laughs> he rarely ever posts on Instagram now. And when he does, like, it's just funny because the people from the show are teasing him. On uh, March 22nd, 2018, that was his first post. And that was just like a couple months before the season aired. He actually wrote. Okay, here's the concept. Katie Stevens made me do it. And then he wrote the word hashtag as a hashtag. <laughs> and then wrote hashtag guidance. And then Megan Fahey just wrote, well done. <laughs> and Katie funny. Stevens wrote Z-Z-A-Y-M, which I mean, I guess just means ZAM. And then a fire emoji. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was his first post. And it's just, it's literally just him wearing a hoodie with his, like, his arm stretched out. And then in his second post, he's shirtless and he's ironing. <laughs> That's just dangerous. <laughs> and, this, <laughs> and this is like a month later, too. April 27th, 2018. As a caption, he writes, but do you even iron, though? 
And then Katie Stevens commented and said, a second post, dot, dot, dot. So impressive. (laughs) I just thought it was cute. Basically, Sam, you and Luca James Lee are the same person. (laughs) Why? Because we don't post on Instagram. (laughs) Because you rarely ever post. (laughs) Oh my god, we're exactly the same, yes. Next time you tweet or Instagram, I'm just gonna, like, comment and just say, like, wow, another post. So impressive. Yeah. (laughs) It might take a while before you get it. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like, it'll be like 2035, and then I'll be like, wow, (laughs) another post. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway. Now that we're not talking about him on Instagram, let's talk about his character on the show now. That's what we're here to discuss, right? Yes. <laughs> sort of. So, Jane points out Ben's background, and she basically tells him that with his education, his you know his work experience, he could be a, a doctor someplace else where he could be making more money and working less. But then Ben's just like, oh, but I love what I do. And then that's what makes Jane says, you know what? I loved what I did at Scarlet's. So she ultimately decides to have a meeting with Jacqueline. Yes. But before, as she's walking into her meeting with Jacqueline now, Ben sends her a text and he says, enjoyed getting to know you. Wants to know more. Dinner? And then she replies back, yes, with a period. Which can be a little bit more emotive, Jane, but whatever. Yeah, right? And then and that's <laughs> it. No, no follow-up. Like, when? Where? Like, nothing. Just, yes. I always think that's just so funny with TV shows because I get it. Like that's all we needed to say as the audience. Like, oh, she said yes to the date, but I always just find it funny that there's like not extra details for text messages. She could have just said, "I'd love to," smiley face, and it wouldn't have been weird. (laughs) Exactly, but it's like the equivalent of like when somebody when two people are talking on the phone on a TV show or movie, and they just hang up without saying goodbye or anything. Yeah, when they're like, pick you up at eight, and I'm like, you don't even know where she lives. How do you know? Like, this never even came up. That happens all the time. You're so right. Why? Why? Like, oh, call me later. Like, when did you exchange phone numbers? When did this happen? Exactly. But but you're right. It's not like we need to know, but it's like, we should see something that indicates. And I know they only have 42 minutes. I know. I I got it. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Even yes with the smiley face would have worked. It was just the punctuation that threw it off, really. Yeah, or even just say something like, yes, I'm about to head into a meeting. I We will set this up when I get out. <laughs> or just don't answer and wait. That's that's my approach. Um, going to the conversation with Jane and Jacqueline, really, Jacqueline was, was trying to tell Jane that, you know, while, you know, it doesn't seem like Jacqueline didn't want her to come back, you know, on a personal level, but she wants her to be able to grow as an individual. And like, at this point, like she used the term, like you feel safe here and you're looking for safety. And I think that you just need to live in your failure, which I really liked. Because I think as an adult, like it's important to do that. And that's why I said Jane does need to grow up a little bit. I understand that from a narrative perspective, but also at the same time, Jane's unemployed. She needs a job. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I would be pissed if I were Jane. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I just think that's kind of like wrong that. Jacqueline's not helping her. But she is. She's just helping her more long-term than short-term. Because short-term, yeah, she could get her that job. But, you know, long-term, like, it's going to just put Jane into, like, a safety zone and she's never going to... Potentially, she won't get out of it. Yeah. 
again, I I understand that, like, okay, the message I should be portraying is that things don't always work out, like, so easily this way, because if they weren't going to make it very simple, like, yeah, Jane would have gotten that job back. But it's not always that easy. Yeah, that would have been too cliche. <laughs> yeah. But, again, at the same time, now, like, Jacqueline knows that Jane is talented, and it's just like, why isn't she helping her out a little bit? Like, Jane's unemployed. On a level of, like, financial stability and, like, all that, it's, like, it's pretty fucked up. Because it's like, come on, you could just get me a job, right? But, like, I also think that Jane, Jane appreciated Scarlet looking back. Like, I don't think she really liked Scarlet as much as she liked Jacqueline. You know, I mean, the job itself is, like, it's not what Jane's trying to do. That's why she left and went to Insight in the first place. And I think Jacqueline is kind of saying, like, you're going to lose that dream. Like, that's not going to be the same if you come back here. Right. I get it. I get why you are like, what the fuck? <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, it is it is shitty to be unemployed. We've, we've both been there, so. Yeah. And honestly, though, you know, I'm also like, you know, moving forward to the future, I don't think this is a spoiler, really, but like, obviously, this makes Jane embark on a storyline. I'm trying to keep it vague. I don't remember if that storyline pays off. Hmm. And what I do remember, I don't think it does. I could be proven wrong once we get to that episode. But I don't know if Jane ends up learning anything from this experience <laughs> either. Yeah, but I mean, Jacqueline couldn't know that. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. But yeah. I, I also feel like like coming from Jacqueline, like sometimes tough love is necessary. I feel like it would be just too easy if Jane just got to go back. I don't know. Right. But to talk good about Jacqueline, I love that she like smack talk Victoria. Well, yeah, I mean, Victoria failed Jane on many fronts. Yeah. However, I, I do think that Jane failed herself a little bit. Um, I know that we talked about it last week uh, about the um, the newscast itself. I just think that if Jane had left her job and like just publicly apologized, didn't talk about insight, but just like publicly apologized to her, the woman, I can't remember her name now. Emma uh, Cox. Oh, Emma. Okay, I said Sarah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Emma Cox. Like, if she had just done a public apology to Emma Cox as just an individual who was no longer associated with Insight, I don't think she would have had as part of a time. And like, I think it sucks because she didn't know what she was doing. But by her doing that, she really made herself like not so hireable. Like, very, des very less desirable than she was before. Also, this is a side note, but... Like, you and me have both gone looking for jobs and stuff, and we've we've kind of done some stuff similar to what Jane had to do in this episode, and it's like, why would you lead with the job that you had for, like, a month? Like, why wouldn't you say, like, I worked at Scarlet for, like, two years or whatever it was? Like, why did you lead with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I know it's for the sake of the plot and everything, but I was like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, you wrote one article and you don't even want to claim that article. So why are you saying you worked at Insight at all? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point, actually. Why would you say that? Just decide. I just had to say that because I was like, really, I, I think that's why I'm so annoyed with her. <laughs> right. Because I've had short term jobs before. I'm pretty sure you have as well. Like, we don't put that on our resume. Yeah. And know? I don't even, I don't always put them on my resume or I, I yeah, I like don't even mention them. <laughs> Unless yeah. it's relevant. Like, if it's really relevant for whatever I'm applying for now, I'll, like, maybe bring it up. But, like, I just don't see a point in saying anything about that. <laughs> like, internships are re are reliable, but, you know, because internships usually don't last very long to begin with. So, like, stuff like that, like, okay. But... 
<laughs> it's like, oh, this is a salary job that I had for a month. Don't bring that up. Yeah. It's like, hey, I just left Insight after being there not even long enough to change my wardrobe to match it. Like, <laughs> no. I, it's just so dumb. Like, not dumb, but it's just so, like, naive of Jane. <laughs> that, you know, like, just like her whole approach is like, ugh. and I appreciate her go-getter spirit. Like, I really liked, like I said, the way she handled that freelance pitch situation. But I did just think that overall, I was like, you are not selling yourself well. Like, you are not doing this right. <laughs> <laughs> look at us we're giving job search tips because we're very successful in that department aren't we yeah i mean i don't know i do all right i have a job so there, there you go i think i do well sort of i mean i'm not the best at selling myself but i just felt as though that was a little like come on <laughs> <laughs> right i got you <laughs> Yeah, I'm still rooting for Jane to get a good job. Don't, you know, I don't want to take it that way. <laughs> and I still appreciated how she, um, how she made all those cold phone calls. It was just like, oh, hey, I'm looking for a job. Like, <laughs> like I liked how she, like, you know, really was networking herself. I thought that was amazing. I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah, no, that was really cool. And that was very, um, unmillennial of her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I remember when I was like, you know, when we were like teenagers, like, and you wanted to get a job, you went around to every place and you were like, can I have an application? And like, now yeah. it's like, you don't even have to walk into a business. You don't even have to know where that business is to be able to apply for a job there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was uh. cool to hear her like on the phone actually speaking to people. But um, <laughs> like, even when they were like saying that the one editor she asked for by name, like no longer works with the company, she just like kept going. She was like, okay, yeah. so anyway, um, <laughs> looking for a job. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I gotta be honest about that though, too. Like, even at my previous um, job as a journalist, people still think I work at that publication. Oh, yeah, that, because news and like. How that, long has it been since I left? <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, it's funny. It's like, why would they know that you didn't, really? Unless it was like announced generally speaking yeah exactly yeah like you wouldn't know but it's funny because you're like wow it's it's been that long and people still think i work there <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah like i think it's funny but you know at the same time i get it like why would people know you know so like i you know i, I feel like jane was meant to look like you know she was about to look stupid there but like i get it like why would you know well i think she was meant to prove jacqueline's point which was that she needs to grow up a little more and that naive like i don't you know like calling saying insight is her most recent job when it's like not even necessary to point out like on the phone <laughs> um right. or just like you know the way that she was kind of desperate in the way that she handled her interviews and stuff which i mean what it i respect it i'm not even trying to knock it but it's definitely like a naive way to do that like it was very like come on, come on, like, I can do this, I can do this. Like, she was she was right there. She was right there to being, like, the mature, like, I've done this a million times, I know how to negotiate kind of tone. To But she was still in that, like, yeah, no, I'm a 20-something, and I really don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I just hope that you're kind of indicated Jacqueline isn't right, but I hope Jacqueline is. <laughs> I hope that Jane does find herself a little more. I feel like the writers want Jacqueline to be right. But me, as somebody who was watching objectively, I don't think that she was. Hmm, interesting. Okay, okay. Just, All right. Uh, I'm curious. Th th I feel like there's lots of storytelling 
just like the one, just like what we were talking about too. How like how did Sutton ends up getting inspired to hire Adina because of Jacqueline's speech? I feel like there's lots of like really weird storylines like that this season that we'll be getting into. Okay, that makes sense because after talking about that with you, I'm like, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like no one one doesn't work with the other, and I. I think you're right. I feel like this has happened a little bit more this season. Like, it didn't really happen in the first one. And I'm trying to discover more, because I didn't even <laughs> just realize all this stuff. Like, hmm. Yeah. Every time we talk, we're going to find something new. Like, hmm, that doesn't really work. <laughs> exactly. But, um, are, are we done talking about this storyline now, or? Yeah, I th- I'm done. Yeah. Okay. One that I want to point out, I was wondering, did they get a new set for the apartment? Hmm. I didn't notice anything particular. What What did you notice? It just looks bigger, for one thing. I don't know if that's because of camera angles, because, like, I, I actually, like, look back at previous um, episodes just uh, during some apartment scenes, and, like, the furniture and everything looks pretty much the same, but, like, I don't know, it just, it, it looks way more spacious in this episode. It could have been the camera angle, because I think they were looking at it through a different angle than we normally see in the apartment but i don't know i'll have to go back myself they were doing the camera tricks by like doing like these wide angles by showing like how the apartment like looks throughout the episode because as you can say jane gets bored she's like this place is filthy i need to clean it so she cleans the whole entire apartment that's all obviously about to show like the differences between it and whatnot but i don't know it just it looked really different to me for some reason hmm that's interesting it, it didn't stand out to me as anything different but i'll have to look back <laughs> yeah who knows? Like maybe they had a bigger budget in season two, and they said like, "Oh, let's make the apartment a little bit bigger." Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. Again, I could be completely wrong. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> it's still an interesting observation. Thanks, I appreciate it. Well, anyway, but yeah, I don't. I don't have any more to say on this situation. We just got to see what happens for Jane next. <laughs> yeah. What are you most excited for? Knowing what little you know. Well, I think I'm most excited to see. Um, like, where Jane goes next in her career, like, if, where she ends up. But I still kind of want to see what happens with Ben. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, like, I feel like Ben realistically doesn't have the time to date. So, I always feel like they do that a lot on these shows. I'm like, he's a doctor who works so much, and, like, you make it, like, <laughs> they make it seem like, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see if they do that in this show, too. But don't you feel that way? Yeah. Like, I've been watching How I Met Your Mother again, and... Marshall's in law school and he like always goes out to the bar with them and stuff and I'm like how do you have time like (laughs) you know what I mean like what do you do like like no I just don't understand so whatever that's just a side note as well (laughs) (laughs) but regardless I'm more excited to see Jane grow as a person and because of that I feel like I want to see her career more than I want to see like what could happen with this relationship we'll say we'll say how he evolves yeah it's gonna be exciting yeah (laughs) Um, I would say that my favorite part of this episode is just Jane overall fighting for what she wants. What would you say is your favorite part? Honestly, my favorite part is Sutton's interaction with Mitzi. Oh, I really like that. That would be a close second. Yeah, I like, I really enjoyed that. And honestly, if we want to segue into, well, I'll just wait for you to ask me what my next one of the other ones, but I really enjoyed Sutton and Mitzi because I think, I really think at the end of the last episode, like Sutton really got through to Mitzi. And it's indicative in the episode throughout. Like you said, there are like small interactions and stuff. And I just, I really appreciated how that played out and that they didn't have to like, nobody had to like humiliate Mitzi to make her realize what she was doing. You know, like Sutton just spoke to her like a person and got 
proper results. <laughs> That's why Sutton's the best. <laughs> it makes me wonder if there was like deleted scenes between Sutton and Mitzi, though. I don't know, though, but I kind of feel like it made, like, I thought it was realistic. I don't know. Yeah. Only because they are adults. I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't high school, even though it felt high school-esque. Like, Mitzi's still 20-something and should be able to understand a reasonable argument. Um, right. And I think that when Sutton used the word slut-shaming or the phrase slut-shaming, it, like, made Mitzi take a step back, like, oh, shit, like, that's really what I'm doing. Yeah, maybe she just didn't realize that's what she was doing, and she realized, like, oh, wow, like, I'm a problem here, you know? I mean, it happens a lot, I and mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, and I've grown as a person because of that, you know, because people right. have pointed those things out to me, you you in particular, but other people <laughs> as well. Um, and, and I think it helps you grow, and, you know, hopefully Mitzi is actually a better person for it. But regardless, I liked that Sutton kind of, like, made it, like, playful after, like, kind of being, like, no hard feelings, like, we've talked about it, and now it's done, and, like... I'm going to make jabs and, like, joke, but at the end of the day, like, we're cool. Yeah, exactly. But I really wonder, though, if there was supposed to be more with them in this episode, though, because they were even on the previous on together. Yeah, it did kind of seem like the interactions were less than they should have been. Yeah, so I'm kind of interested to see if there was more. Yeah, I don't more know. More material, because I feel like there could have been, you know? And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure this is Mitzi's last episode of the series. Wow. Let me double let me, let me verify that though. If that's I'm true, sure. I'm pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like I feel like there could have been more just by showing this like one particular episode. Well, and I feel like TV shows do that all too often like they have a character who's like shitty for lack of a better term because Mitzi was just a shitty character. Like she was mean and they like put her in her place blah 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 and then you don't see her again. You don't like see her be better. Yeah. You know? And I was right, this is her last episode. Damn. Uh, right? <laughs> that really annoys me. I wonder if it's because, like, you know, she was a little bit more off-brand for the show, because she was showing women competing against each other for one thing, and maybe just her performance didn't show, because as you and I saw, like, as we discussed in the first two episodes, her performance didn't really gel with us. True. Like, the character was real, don't get me wrong, but, like, the performance just wasn't really gelling with us in particular. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to see how I feel after next episode. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> see how you feel. Unfortunately, you won't get to, because she's, you never see her again, Sam. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll see how I feel with her not being there. Like, oh, <laughs> see if I even, like, bring this up again next week. Call us out on this, listeners, and see if we talk about Mitzi again in the next episode. <laughs> Just be like, <laughs> the next episode, can we talk about, like, how much you miss Mitzi? <laughs> I I miss Mitzi. <laughs> like, I want to see more of her. I felt like she had so much potential. <laughs> I just thought she was going to become, like, a nice person. And I, you know, I wanted to see that play out. <laughs> yeah, I felt like they had plans on doing something with this character, but the character just didn't take off, unfortunately. Which does happen sometimes. Yeah. I think they went too hard in the beginning. <laughs> so... Would you, because you were um, you were about to say this earlier, would you say that Sutton and Mitzi is your favorite ship of the, <laughs> of the episode? You know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we should try to come up with, like, ship names for our favorite ships. So oh. what is Sutton and Mitzi? Sitsi? Sitsin? <laughs> Mitsin? I like Mitsin. Mitsin. Okay. okay. That was hard to get to. Okay. Mitsin. Your ship is Mitsin. My ship is Sadina. Oh, Sutton, Sutton and, Adina. and Adina. Okay, that, I was actually torn between the two of those, so I'm happy we picked different ones. But yeah, I just love their arc in this episode. How those two of them ended up 
you know, saying like, hey, we're different people, but we also have a lot in common. Let's come together. <laughs> well, and I feel like Adina is always like such a good voice of reason and like is always willing to admit when she's wrong. And same with Sutton. So yeah, I was happy that they actually had some interaction, like for real in the episode. Something else I noticed in this episode, um, Nicole Boucherie, who plays Adina, she's the only significant other who was a regular on the show. Huh. Well, she definitely has her own story, you know? Yeah, definitely. Huh. That's cool, though. I'm glad. I think Kat's development is, I don't want to say completely dependent on Adina, because it's not, but it is heavily dependent on Adina at this point. Right. Like, a lot of her changes and stuff happen through conversations with Adina and situations regarding Adina. So I I feel like it makes sense that she would be the regular. Absolutely. So who would you say is the best dressed? Ooh, I had a hard time this week. Nothing was, like, crazy standing out to me besides Sutton's, like, odd turtleneck shirt that, like, somehow (laughs) worked. But, you know, Um, I would say Cat because I really like that Cat wears yellow. I love yellow. Okay. <laughs> like, she wears yellow. I do. I love yellow. Are you going to pick Jane? I'm not this week, no. Oh, okay, okay. Who are you going to pick then? I'm curious. Um. Well, initially, I was going to pick Sutton because uh, she wears that blue blazer during the photo shoot, and I just thought it was, you know, really cute. It just worked with her skin tone and everything like that. But then I saw Adina during the photo shoot, and she wore these delightful over-the-knee boots. And I love a good over-the-knee boot. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say Adina. Ah, okay. That works. Cool. Team Kadina outfits yeah. killing the game. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we're shipping each other, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. How did this episode inspire you to live your bold-type life? Well, just to go with the whole body positivity um, idea, I would just say just, you know, embrace every little flaw that you have about yourself like i'm just thinking about like little stupid stuff like you know, i have like a really ugly birthmark on my arm it's not ugly it gives you character <laughs> i mean i use it as like a i use it as a conversation starter now because like when i like crease my arm a certain way it kind of looks like a butt with like poop on it what yeah you gotta show See me it right here oh yeah upset. it does it like looks like <laughs> funny so yeah i gotta use this like a conversation starter because people always like point it out like what's that like what's on your arm and i just you know i I just own it nowadays like you know i feel like it used to be something i was insecure about and not only that but also just my body in general too like you know i i have a bit of a belly you know and i I can do like a million crunches it's not gonna really change about me so i just embrace that and i just embrace like every little thing that makes me a little bit insecure and just realize like you know what no i'm beautiful as I am, as long as I am being healthy and just taking care of myself. And living your bold type life. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, I liked Jacqueline's message of like, embrace your failure, you know, and live in it. And like, kind of learn mm. what it's like to be okay with failing. Because I think that's a, it's something that in our society, we kind of make jokes about like, oh, participation trophies, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, like, Kids should know what it's like to fail and to not win things. And I think that Jane was coming from a place of like, oh, I'm safe here, you know, and I want to be back where I know I can be. You know, I've already done this job, so I know I can do it. And Jacqueline was just like, nah, you got to live in it. Got to do it. Got to go through it. And like, I like that because you don't grow until you go through those experiences. So 
Thank you, Jacqueline. Go, Jacqueline. Yeah, she's just always awesome. Yeah. She's Jonathan's favorite character, side note. <laughs> really? Yeah, she he loves her. I wonder if he um if she reminds him of you. Huh, I'll have to ask him. <laughs> I think you're very Jacqueline Carlisle esque. Oh, well thanks. I don't Like sometimes I don't... you're a little bit scary, but you're also like a really great person. <laughs> oh jeez. I don't mean to ever be scary, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if any of you listeners have been personally scared by me. <laughs> My bad. I know sometimes I can- Raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by Sam Sass. Everybody put your hands down. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. You can follow The Bald Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Bald Talk. And if you like the show, which, I mean, I hope you do. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That's the um, easiest way to support us, and it helps other people find out how awesome we are. Um, you can email us at theboldtalk at gmail.com if you have a question or a comment. You're really confident on how awesome we are. I like it. Yeah, well, we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I am Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. That's Rodriguez with a G and a Z. Jeremy is spelled J-E-R-E-M-Y. Instagram is the same with an underscore at the end of it. And I'm Sam Saff. You can follow me on Twitter at SamSaff3 or Instagram at SamMayMarie3. That's S-A-M-M-A-Y-M-A-R-I-E-3. And sometimes you might get a post from me. Maybe, well, who did you say I reminded you of? What was his Luca name? James Lee. Yeah. If you're looking to follow another Luca James Lee type Instagram... Feel free to follow me. <laughs> and then be sure to comment on her photo and just say, wow, another post. Nice work. Yes, please do. That will literally make my week. Everybody just sort of comment on your stuff. And you'll be like, just go back to old posts and do that. It'll still make me laugh. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, we will be back next week when we launch our discussion of season two, episode four. OMG. That's not all the episode, not me saying OMG. So then, go unleash holy hell.